¿Qué es todo esto? Puedes esconderte ahí. Has viajado en el tiempo. Welcome to Paradox, the time travel podcast. I'm Nick Hurwich. I'm Phil Hornshaw. We're co-authors of the book, So You Created a Wormhole, The Time Traveler's Guide to Time Travel, and The Space Hero's Guide to Glory, How to Get Off Your Podunk Planet and Master the Final Frontier. Uh, we're back. We're back. Been a crazy, like, two to three days in a faster than light spaceship for us yeah but what like six months for you people huh yeah we way overshot it yeah sorry um that was bad that was real funny no it was good i'm glad glad you went there the the real reason we haven't been recording is we'll blame my 10 month old son Mm -hmm. um he keeps trying to murder me yeah dad (laughs) duty maybe maybe he's uh my past self sent to the future to take my place i don't know i'm just going with it anyway there's not been a lot of free time time machine model (laughs) yeah generally baby time machine yeah it's kind of what superman this is this is a super inefficient time machine how do you even handle it when you get to the future you're all confused small tiny hands like (laughs) well by the time you grow up you don't even know that you're a time traveler anymore so um today on the podcast time crimes yes what is time crimes you ask it is a 2007 spanish film uh but do not be afraid you should definitely seek it out it used to be like a hallmark of the netflix lineup it's like one of the three good movies on netflix for years (laughs) i like uh, (laughs) i know but they're i mean no collection of movies is dwindling at best but uh now it's not there which is kind of a bummer and uh phil you had some experiences trying to find a a viable version of this did i did fascinatingly enough um you can get it just about anywhere i found it on amazon and um it wasn't subtitled it was dubbed dubbed poorly and every version that i found the sound was out of sync so not only was it dubbed and like just bad translations that I wish I could read at least so I could imagine, you know, better acting. <laughs> um, yeah. But also like it was, everything was just off time for by about a second. And I tried it on different machines. I tried it um, downloading it or uh, streaming it from various locations and I could not fix this issue. So it, um, it was like watching the movie as a time traveler, like out of sync, <laughs> it was sort yeah. of, it was sort of weird. Not super good. Um, you arrived, you you fast forwarded into a right. universe, a, an exact duplicate of our universe. Only sound is off by one second. Mm-hmm. Sound travels slightly faster. It's all. I mean, also <laughs> this movie is is a lot. Of, many of the sequences are set up like a thriller. So mm-hmm. you know, the one second would be annoying under any circumstances. It kills it a little, little bit. It does. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever. I've seen. It's not like I hadn't seen the movie four or five times, so it wasn't that big of a deal. But if you are going to look for this uh, for Time Crimes to stream it, um, I think you said Voodoo. You found it with subtitles. I would definitely yeah. recommend that. Definitely subtitles. Yeah. Subtitles overdubbing yeah. in all all circumstances. Definitely. 
Um, also, if you are uh, dubbing, or sorry, you should be dubbing a verse. If you are subtitles a verse, A, you shouldn't be. <laughs> B, this movie is pretty dialogue light. Um, yeah. So, you know, you, you it, it's not like reading a book. Yeah, it's not like you're missing the movie because you had to read subtitles. It's, yeah. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Anyway, Time Crimes came out in 2007. Um, little hidden, contained time travel gem from director take it away phil uh ignacio vigalondo yeah i think who goes by nacho yeah um, i don't speak spanish reason. so i apologize if i butchered that but i think i did it okay you based on what i remember zip. yeah i gave it a little zip right <laughs> yeah you gave it some zip i appreciate it <clears throat> yeah my high school um, spanish teacher would probably not face palm from that but we'll see if you are new to Paradox of Time Travel or you're rejoining us again, uh, thank you for being patient. Yeah, we appreciate we, it. We were encouraged to start recording again by many of you. We were surprised by how many people were like, hey, guys, what are you doing? Yeah, so, fully six or eight people were like, you guys should really do that again. And we're true. Like, okay, At least good. six or eight. Yeah. And we got some Which great iTunes reviews. Oh, yeah. I'll take six awesome. or eight people who really like talking about time travel that's fine that's perfect <laughs> so. Yeah. so if you like this episode or uh find the past ones on back to the futures and terminators and looper was the last one we did leave us a shiny review yeah. and we might do even more we're gonna try uh, we're really gonna try i played quantum break which is a time travel video game which i actually really enjoyed uh on xbox one i'm trying to get nick on that i'm trying to get you on that um because like I don't have an Xbox One. Well, I'll hand you mine. But <laughs> there's there's a lot going on there, and a lot we could break down. And I actually am really interested in some of the stuff that that game does with loops, predestination, uh, the idea of like whether or not free will is really a thing. It's it's very consistent about its rules, but it does a really good job of using those rules to ask those questions, and never quite come down on one side or the other, even though like hard and fast, the whole game is like, well, you can't fix, you can't change stuff. It's already happened. But, but you know, there's, there's like kind of implies like there's a human spirit element of, you know, like determination and, and willingness to try. So it's, it's just, there's a lot to break down and I would, I really like to do it. Um, if we can make it happen. So I would like to do it. Movies are a little easier easier. for sure. (laughs) But this was, investment. Cool this was a cool one. This is not a super long game either. We've also talked about doing the uh, Hulu series, 11, whatever 11, 22, 63. Yeah, 22. I never remember the middle number. Yeah. Um, it's not like it's an important date in history. Oh, yeah, no big deal. And uh, we've talked about doing 12 Monkeys, which you've seen and I've seen. We'll it's, do TV at some point. Yeah. We will. I mean, as we, you know, as it comes up, I feel like, we stick to movies and then hopefully you can just like fill in your backlog over time. And then as you hit stuff that I'm caught up on, we'll just, we'll just do it when it's available. You know, that sounds like a plan. Yeah. Um, quick primer. No, no pun intended here on the podcast. What we do is reach our hands into the deep tangled webs of time travel movies, books, and TV shows. Which is what we're just talking about. We tip to attempt to untie, demystify and analyze the time travel therein so gets real confusing and complicated and weird but our hope is that by the end of each episode you'll understand your favorite time 
man, I can't speak favorite time <laughs> travel stories on a deeper level than ever before. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to review things no. necessarily, but we will tell you how we feel about it anyway. We're also not trying to like blow the fun out of, suck the fun out of the room as far as a movie is concerned. Like we like, we super enjoy quite a bit of time travel stories, even though they don't make any damn sense at all. Uh, <laughs> but so we, this is, this is just all fun, goofy nerd head exercises, you know, to like, let's, let's look at the time travel and let's see if it makes sense. And let's talk about the methods they use and what the implications are of the story. But it's not meant to like ruin anybody's good time. If you like a time travel story and it works for you, then great. And we, we feel that way all the time, but it is sort of fun to kind of look at another from another level. So I guess that all that to say, please don't send us hate mail for ruining your movies. <laughs> no one's done that yet. So far. Also, case in point. Yeah, that's true. Case in point, time crimes. Uh, it kind of falls right in with what everything you were just saying. I, I was actually thinking today when I was rewatching it that it's if you've never seen a time travel movie before, it's really a great starting place. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it does a lot of cool things that help introduce you to the concept. Not the least of which is that. It stars, or it, its main character is a poor man named uh, Hector, who himself has never seen a time travel movie before. Sure. He's just Clearly. hapless. Oh, right? yeah. Like, he gets, he gets some sense of it by the end, which is admirable. But um, he, uh, he is just not understanding quite what he's, <laughs> what he's getting up to for most of the movie, which is, you know, pretty much it's kind of a staple of a lot of time travel movies. That yeah. time traveler is not especially good at recognizing time travel or knowing quite what they're getting up to, but yeah, and sometimes that's good narratively because it forces the story to slow down and explain mm-hmm. to the viewer by way of explaining to the main character what the hell is going on. But there are some more practical applications in time crimes that um, have some disastrous results for him, right? I guess let's run it down real quick. I'll just go ahead and summarize as quickly as I can because we're going to try and actually have some discipline as to length to these episodes, oh. to this episode. Oh, go ahead. It's worth noting that we're going to spoil the shit out of time crimes. We always spoil the shit out of whatever movie we're I mean, analyzing. So you should watch it first. Yeah. Um, Hit pause. You should seek it out. Like I said, Voodoo is where you can get the subtitled version. Um, and that's true of all of our casts. So right, right. always, always watch the movie first, and you'll get way more enjoyment out of it in yeah. the movie. Or you'll, we're definitely going to ruin it for you if you if you haven't seen it. So pause, yeah. move on, go watch the movie. Yeah. Okay. So um, time crime starts with Hector at home with his wife and returning home. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they've been like out at IKEA or something, um, <clears throat> and he's just hanging out. Basically, she goes off to the store and he catches sight of this weird girl in the woods. And then as he's, he like grabs his binoculars and he's watching this girl and she's like taking her shirt off and he's just weirdly intrigued. So he goes to investigate and is attacked by a guy with like pink bandages over his face and he goes running. Um, he gets stabbed in the arm with scissors. He flees, uh, he flees this dude, um, goes running up this hill, and winds up in a strange building. He breaks a window to get inside, just like fleeing, thinking this guy's off to kill him. And um, 
finds a walkie-talkie, gets in touch with somebody else on the other end. The other person is talking about how he's got um, surveillance cameras of the whole place, and he's like located the killer, and he's leading Hector up to the uh, a silo at the top of the hill, like another facility. Separate building. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's getting dark at this point. It's like it was like close to dusk at the start, and now it's fully night. He leads Hector up the hill and tells him to hide in this weird, like, water-filled, strange chamber with a ceiling top hatch thing. Uh, he's like, yeah. he's like, I'll get, I have to activate it from out here. Right, you go right. in, and then I'll jump in too after I've set it closing. Um, yeah, he gets Hector inside this thing and closes it on him, and turns it on, and Hector suddenly finds himself waking up several hours earlier inside the machine. It's like back to being midday. Right. Yeah, though when he wakes up, he's at first shocked just because it's only been a few seconds and it's clearly daytime. Yeah, it's back to being daytime. And, and the killer who was just outside the window is gone. So well, he, he, was, doesn't he didn't recognize. actually see him. He was told he was He there. does. No, he pops, he pops in the window at the end there. Does he? Okay, fair yeah. enough. I don't remember that. Um, so he steps outside and he just, he doesn't understand why it's daytime. Um, and early in the film, Hector sees this tower in the distance through the binoculars before he sees the girl, um, which is the tower on top of the silo where he's found himself. So he knows that from there he can see down to his house. And so he looks down at his house and he sees what is effectively the opening scene of the movie where he's bringing this Ikea table to his own wife. He sees himself down at the, and he's, you know, totally shocked and confused. Like, who's that guy? Who's that guy with my wife? What's going on? And yeah. um, I can't remember the name of the technician dude who's at the facility that he I don't met. I know if they give him a name. I'm pretty sure he had a name. No, I can't remember it. No, it's Spanish, stupid. that's for sure. Well, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and look it up. Yeah, so even then he hasn't made the connection that he's gone back in time. Hence hence uh, uh, my earlier quip that Hector has never seen a time travel movie. Right. Um, he thinks it's some other dude, even though only two hours ago... Did he himself walk down the same flight of stairs carrying the same table and have the exact same conversation with his wife that he's now witnessing from a distance? Um, Not that he should be like, oh, I clearly just traveled through time because that's insane. But something something amiss should trigger Mm -hmm. his brain and it doesn't. He keeps referring to that guy, that guy with my wife. Right. So the technician convinces Hector that uh, he needs to hide away until that other Hector down below does the same thing that he just did and comes up and gets in the time machine so that the loop closes. Right. Uh, You come to find out that this technician, he works at this parent hidden time travel lab but yeah he's not supposed to be there on the weekend and it's crazy find out get late. trouble yeah he's, he's like you can't tell anyone about this um and he he draws a very simple time travel diagram to explain to hector what the hell is going on which looks like a z basically right. there's a a forward progression of time but at a certain point well at a specific point when hector climbed into the time machine he jumped back uh, about 90 minutes. And so he's still continuing forward, but now he's, um, his past self is there and he is also 90 minutes in the past, just in a different location. Right. So there are two of him. 
So against uh, the technician dude's instructions, he leaves to go get the time machine ready. Hector decides to snag one of the facility cars and head down to his house because why would you listen to any of this? Apparently. Oh, and first, first he calls oh, his yeah. own house, uh, which in the opening scene, he receives that phone call. Right. So this and is our first, which is our first clue, uh, one of our first clues that things that Hector is doing He's already done right. because he encounters them the first time through, which we'll come back to when right, we're exactly. breaking this down. The Z diagram on the back of the calendar is also one. Um, as Hector comes through the building the first time when he breaks the window, as he's fleeing the killer, he cites this weird Z diagram on the wall, hanging on the wall. Uh, and then once he's traveled back to the past, that scene in which the Z diagram is created takes place. So Right. We're already mid-loop is basically what that comes down to. Yeah, so Hector drives down the hill toward his house. Um, he, and on his way in the car. Basically gets uh, in his, a car his, accident. Yeah, his car dongle has a, a gate key, so he's able to get out. He's driving down the street. He passes a girl riding a bicycle. Um, he, I don't know that he recognizes then um, no, he does. Yeah. He, he sees this girl riding by on a bicycle and recognizes her as the girl that he saw in the woods, uh, that led him into the woods to start with and later found in the woods naked with her clothes, uh, lying next to her mm -hmm. before he got stabbed in the arm. So he realizes this screeches on his brakes and then, uh, someone in another car ramps him from behind. Yeah. He gets hit. He goes off the side. Smacks his face against the steering wheel, and now he's bleeding. Um, and he actually unwraps the the gauze that he had wrapped around his injured arm and wraps around his face, and then comes to realize pretty much immediately that the guy in the pink bandages is him. You know, like he is now that guy. Yep. <clears throat> he finds the uh, trench coat that the guy was wearing in the back of the car, and he puts it on. The girl on the bike comes to uh, uh, assist him to make sure he's okay, but right. she doesn't see his face because he's already wrapped in the bandages. Right. Um, uh, she has <clears throat> scissors for some reason. She says that she was cutting a friend's hair, yeah. uh, which he steals when she's about to leave to go get help. Uh, he begs for her to stay, and then he starts acting super creepy deluxe. Right. Um, and... You, well, I don't think he pulls out the scissors right away, but he's like, I need you to come in the woods. And yeah. she tentatively does so. And then when she starts to, when the 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 klaxons are ringing in her brain, mm -hmm. he pulls out the, the yeah. scissors and makes her. Threatens her, basically. Yeah. Um. So what's going on here is that Edgar has come to realize that he, or I'm sorry, Edgar, Hector has come to realize that he's the guy, right? And in order to eliminate past self so he can get back to his life, um, he needs past self to get up the hill and go to the time machine. And since he realizes that he is both original Hector and Hector 1, as, it's, as he refers to him in the movie, and Hector 2, the guy with the bandages, now he's got to put on that whole show that Hector 1 saw in the beginning <laughs> and uh, basically drive him up to the time machine. The whole point is to, 
he realizes, and this is kind of this is kind of great about this um, because you know, time travel movies people are a little more dense usually. He Hector kind of picks it up real fast that he's yeah. got to eliminate the second double by getting rid of him, uh, getting him in the machine. He's not like super concerned with like the integrity of the loop or anything like that. Uh, you know. Well, he is a little, and that's what I was going to say. <clears throat> right. Is the the technician? Did we find his name? Uh, he doesn't have one. So yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> it is. So the tech- it is uh, Vigalondo though. Or oh, it is. It is interesting. Yeah. Um, it's the director and writer of the film. Mm-hmm. So uh, he does say to Hector that he he explains it to him in layman's terms, but he basically leaves it with a threat. He's like, if if you somehow interfere and the same thing doesn't happen, if you don't close this loop, then it could it could basically end your existence and even worse. Right. And Hector clearly doesn't believe him because then he calls his own house and he leaves the facility but it's after he puts the bandages on that he realizes that oh i actually i did travel in time right and and there's little you know the scissors and and the girl and things like that it's all it's snowballing for him very quickly right so at that point at the point where he's leading uh the girl into the woods and being a creeper it's not just that He's like, oh, I have to puppeteer this so that it's exactly what I saw. I think he has earned a legit fear of um, eliminating himself or uh, somehow, you know, damaging whatever is going on here, his own existence by fucking it up. Ultimately, the whole movie is about him trying to just like get out of this problem and get his life back on regular track. right? Right. So this is this is him. Uh, reenacting it as best he can because he's like he remembers it he doesn't remember it super well there's some actually some pretty great moments where he's like trying to replicate this weird thing that happened to him where he was looking through his binoculars and he panned over and caught sight of the the bandage guy like with his hands wrapped around his eyes as if he was holding binoculars also and like yeah, catch, kind of mocking him yeah like catch sight of each other so there's this moment where uh, Hector with his bandages on keeps like stepping out from behind trees with his hands wrapped around his eyes, hoping to capture that moment. And it takes him like, you know, six or eight tries. It's kind of great. <laughs> he's yeah, not exactly funny. sure where though, it is or where it's happening. He just know he just remembers it. Though I want to, I want to put a pin in that moment and a few others, because that is that particular moment for me raises some issues uh, with with how this movie is using time travel. Okay. Um, but we'll come back to that. Okay. I also want to note that but the movie does some weird things with labeling the different Hectors. So if you've listened to our Back to the Future episodes, uh, for example, the Marty that we start with, we call Marty A. And when things start to go crazy, we start to get a Marty B and uh, an implied Marty C., um, we're not going to break that down now, but what this movie does is it does the reverse for some reason. Right. So we're with Hector and then he travels in time. And then the technician refers to the Hector that we've been with all along as Hector two and refers to the Hector down below who, as Hector uh, one. who they're looking as Hector yeah. one. And then again, in a bit, which we'll get to when Hector travels again, he's uh, (laughs) Hector 3, and then so on, Uh, which I find unnecessarily confusing. Yeah, Um, a little bit. Do it the the opposite way would 
make more sense. Right. Um, I guess for purposes of this conversation, we'll use the movie zone labeling system. But yeah. I just wanted to clarify that. It's that, all, yeah, all those labels I think are, they're all basically from Nacho's point of view as the technician, right? Like from his point of view, well, not even then though, because all the moves are progressively f- further back in the past. So like the first Hector he encounters is actually the third Hector. I don't know. Yes, this exactly. Is confusing. Yeah. Well, uh, hopefully you guys I'll, can follow it. Yeah. I apologize. Um, so, so in the movie zone labeling, uh, the Hector we've been with all along right now in bandages is Hector two. And right. he's, he's in the woods with his girl making her do weird stuff like slowly take off her shirt. Mm-hmm. And so that the uh, Hector one who is sitting in his lawn with the binoculars is going to see the exact same stuff that he himself saw 90 minutes ago. Yeah. Um, so yeah, basically we see from the other side, um, this whole bandage, uh, weird girl in the woods situation unfold, which is basically boils down to Hector trying to, as gently as he can victimize this girl, which is kind of really, that's the crimes of time crimes refers to this pretty much. Um, He's, you know, he makes her undress. He makes her like stand around and pose and be weird. Um, And it's, he's not trying to necessarily harm her, but he is forcing her to do all this stuff at knife point. And then eventually I think she gets knocked out as they struggle, right? Isn't that what happens? Yeah, they, they kind of roll over, a, not a cliff, but a drop, yeah, and right. she passes out. And he gets hurt more. Um, yeah. So when Hector 1, un, uh, you know, untime travel Hector, wanders into the scene, she's like passed out naked on the ground. In the same place that he actually, Hector 2 had found her. Hector 2 even has to like fully undress her. At that point, yeah, yeah, he strips her yeah. naked. So, Which is, and this is again why it's it's a little weird because you know, and this this happens throughout, and we'll, we'll discuss this more at the end. But Hector is doing things because he knows it's how they happened, but they happen that way because he saw them happen that way right you know so it's like it's loop logic it's It's weird yeah it's it's loop logic and there's no it's like what initiated the idea that this girl had to lift her top off and be lying naked we'll get back to that yeah we're gonna have to get back to that (laughs) that's 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 gonna be the big discussion we're gonna come back when we get back to timelines everybody's favorite then we'll so so there's a number of moments like that here right. um, where Hector 2 is trying to make the same things happen. It And it, the movie is clever about putting in little interruptions, you know, like the girl fights back, kicks him in the face. Mm-hmm. But like he and he keeps ending up with the the right markers. You right. know, he keeps hitting the right points so that Hector 1 has the same experience that he did, um, you know, including... Uh, Hector two stabs his past self in the arm. Right. Um, so he he himself gave himself the injury uh, that led him running. Right. Now, when Hector one goes, this is why I didn't think Hector two showed up at the tower. Like you mentioned, that he shows up in the window. I'm pretty sure he doesn't, because 
the next thing that happens is Hector One goes running up the hill after being in contact with Nacho over the radio. Hector yeah. Two, um, actually, the girl goes heading down the hill toward uh, Hector's house to get help, and he pursues yes. her, basically trying to tell her, "Please don't call the police on me," <laughs> because ultimately, again, he's gonna, you know, hopefully resolve this whole time travel thing. And then be able to go about his life, but now he's got this girl he's been terrorizing. <laughs> so there's this there's a protracted uh, chase scene mm-hmm. through Hector's own home. The girl doesn't know that it's Hector's home right. or who Hector is. Just there's this bandaged guy chasing her. She ends up on the roof somehow, and he's chasing her, and he's trying to explain, but obviously she's right. freaked out. Why wouldn't she be? And he accidentally grabs her by the foot. While she's climbing up the roof and she falls, but then he looks down and it's his wife. Exactly. It's not her. It's his wife. He is chasing her, but at some point he, you know, lost her in the the house and that his wife, you know, hearing this whole scuffle also was hiding and fleeing and that he knocked her off the roof and she died. Right. That's right. that's essentially what happens. So, yeah, um, you get a gruesome shot of right. Clara's Clara's his wife's name of her neck, neck all twisted, twisted and horrible. Anyway, so he's he's beyond distraught. Right. So back up the hill it. to find Nacho. And yeah. So now this is machine. this is the moment when he uh, when he drives up there. Mm-hmm. So he takes his own car and he drives up, and then just before uh, Hector one travels back he peeks in the window Mm. because he saw himself do it before and was freaked out by it and so just after hector one travels the technician opens the door and hector two is sitting there um basically waiting Mm -hmm. and he uh, insists that he needs to go back again because he did something terrible now this is uh the most interesting part is where Nacho, the technician, is like, I can't let you go back. And he's like trying to dissuade him. And it's like, it's not going to work. And Hector can't be dissuaded, obviously, because it's his wife's life on the line. And this is when Hector, or when Nacho reveals that there's a third Hector. And the third Hector, who is also pulling strings, he wanted to go back right before um, Hector 1 came out. Right. Right. Yeah. So what happens is that uh, the technician has pulled one of the batteries that operates the time machine right. um, and thrown it in the grass, and uh, Hector is threatening the technician with a, a crowbar because he needs to go back and uh, ostensibly to save his wife is mm. what he's is what the implication is. But it occurs to Hector that the technician disma- disabled the machine before he had even arrived. Right. He and knew. He's like, How already. would you? Yeah. yeah, how would you have known to do that? Um, and f- this is when Hector starts to get ahead of the game a bit. Right. He's, he's becoming a time travel savant. Or rather, he thinks he's ahead of the game, but he's right. not, which is hilarious. Um, yeah. yeah, so Nacho's like, you told me not to let you travel because it's only getting worse. And Hector's like, fuck that, I'm I'm going to change it. And like, yeah, he has that moment where he's like... Uh, Nacho says that Hector 3 called him on the radio. Hector's like, this radio that I've been carrying around for two whole trips back in time, and he like tosses it, leaves it behind as if, you know, it's a marker. It's it's like 
Bill Murray in Groundhog Day breaking the pencil. He's he's leaving behind some the object in order to change, you know. Right. He's like, I won't be able to call you. Yeah. He's changed. He thinks he's away. changing the loop yes. by doing that. Right. Then the plan is for him to hop back, hop in the machine, and go back. He can only go back like thirty seconds earlier than when Hector Two first comes on the machine earlier that day. Right? Yeah, and this is interesting, and it's not super relevant, but it does it does account for. Um, the causality in the movie. Mm-hmm. So you could you could watch this and step back and say, oh, like, why can't you just go back before all this started and stop it or, or you know, get out of the loop? But the way this time machine works is that you can only travel back as far as uh, it has been on. Yep. So, like, say I turn it on at uh, 12.01 p.m., today right uh and then i get in it at 9 p.m tonight i can't go back further than 1201 p.m right because the machine wasn't on then. quantum entanglement yeah this is and they don't explain it much more than that right but it's the same uh it's the same loop system that is used in primer Mm -hmm. if you've seen that movie in which we will break down one day when uh we've been sober for at least 90 days yeah really um, yeah, but basically the, what you need to know is that the machine only works when it's been powered on, even in the past, right? So it means Hector has mere moments to travel, get out of the thing, um, give instructions to Nacho when he reaches them, which it turns out those are the instructions that Hector 2 receives when he arrives, you know, Hector like telling him, sending him on his way, basically. Uh, Hector three recognizes that he has to keep the loop going, but he's also meaning to change it. So he's like, get rid of that guy. I can't remember exactly what he sends, what he tells Nacho to do, but he threatens him and then he hides when he arrives. Right. Yeah. And he's kind of high, his hands sticking out from behind there, which we get a a flashback shot of. Yeah. And then the plan basically is for, uh, Hector three to hop in the car and go prevent a bunch of stuff from happening course it doesn't go that way <laughs> um right he's waylaid uh first of all by the fact that he himself had taken the keys that got out of the garage or got out of the gate right so he had to do like i can't remember exactly how he had to deal with that but he had to take a different car and he ends up in a truck he goes down the hill um through you know various circumstances he winds up being the guy who hit Hector two from behind that caused him to get the head injury yeah. that he had. And, what's, and, and then he passed out gi- for a bunch of time. And yeah. And to give the movie some credit there, it's a moment where we recognize silently that Hector recognizes that he's the guy who rams himself from behind right. and he's, he's, he's uh, unfazed by it. It's not like he's doing it passively like he was in the first part of the film. Mm-hmm. He sees what's happening again. It's yeah, it's a Groundhog Day moment, um, and he he takes action to fulfill that role. Right, and then he crashes the car, which was dumb. Yeah, which that is accidental. But he reckon and he he passes out for a bit, so he misses a bunch of the action in the middle of the film, um, where bandaged Hector Hector Two is fulfilling all the stuff for Hector One. Right, so his plan to prevent any of that ha- from happening is already ruined um he finds a new radio in the truck 
and calls Nacho and tells him, don't let that guy time travel. It gets all screwed up. Yeah, and he leaves the same message for himself that he doesn't follow. Um, and then it's off to uh, off to the house to stop the murder of his wife, basically, or the accidental death of his wife. Yeah, though he's he's a bit resigned to it. It seems right. like uh, he's kind of given up at this point. He's and- he's definitely. It's definitely taken a toll on him. And this is where Hector gets really interesting as a character. You know, like he he does something that a lot of time travelers don't do, which is he's he's still fighting, but he's he's losing. He feels himself losing the battle. Like it's very clear. Yeah. You know, you get a lot of obsessive time travelers who are Though like, it, I'm going to change it. I'm going to change it. I'm going to change it. And no, right. no amount of evidence to the contrary ever you know, dissuades them. Whereas Hector yeah. is a little different. For sure. Yeah, at this point, he's accepted that it's all happened, and therefore it's all happened. Like he can't. Right. He 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 doesn't stop and say it, but he just basically just sits there, and the bike girl, who's now you know bike girl one, right, uh, runs into him, but doesn't recognize him as the bandage dude because he just looks like Hector, who right. she, she has never met before. And it's at this point um, that he he kind of thinks he might have a chance to change it so he like gets back involved but right. yeah. she she encourages him to the house right um and bring, you know it's <laughs> it's worth saying what while you're talking about hector as a character that as much as time travel hands hector his own ass it wouldn't have been even a tenth as bad if he weren't the least athletic human being in human history <laughs> that's a big point. i mean he's, he's just, a- just falling down and getting injured all the time. He's well for one thing he's a middle-aged married man who's and he can't run more than 10 yards he's, without getting weighted. He's robust around the midsection for sure, but he's yeah. also like he's running around with a couple of concussions for like most of the movie. So yeah, but that's what I'm saying, those are mostly his fault. Yeah. Like he's no, just no. always falling down well, and bleeding and it's just like, dude, you are the least coordinated human He's being. making a bunch of bad decisions too, like he's he he's a little bit too like careening through this whole experience and it leads him to be careless and then stuff happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so just to wrap up, we're almost to the end here. Hector, Hector follows the girl back to his house. He runs into his wife there. And as the bandage guy is also around, um, Hector too, basically the gist of it is this, he sort of recognizes what's going on. And he resigns to... And this is finally... And this yeah. is, again, like, he's been... He was way behind the time travel. And then he was kind of even with it. Right. And he was pantomiming or with the girl. And then he he thought he was ahead of it, but it kind of resigned to his fate. And now, finally, in the last 10 minutes, he is like, actually, I know what to do. Mm-hmm. Finally, he yeah. has some autonomy so in this situation. He sees his wife... He takes her jacket alive mm-hmm, and he sends her up to a different room. Basically she's like, and he's, she's like, he's like, Hides her in the shed. go hide there, stay yeah. there. Don't come out. Um, he gives the jacket to the girl and sends her upstairs. And cuts her, cuts her hair. Right. And tells her this guy, the bandaged guy went crazy. When he saw you from a distance, you need to trick him. Mm-hmm. And that's the justification he uses to 
to cut her hair. And this is actually working on two levels. One, it's, um, you know, it's working to convince this girl to run away. Uh, but he also sees that he needs to make his past self believe that right. his wife was the one who was killed so that the rest can transpire. So insofar as he's taking control, he's still making things match up to right. uh, pre-existing events. And yeah, sends her upstairs. The bandage guy goes ahead and f- completes the loop. And the, it's not his wife who falls and dies, but the girl. Yeah. Um, and she is just the worst. She has the worst day. Yes. <laughs> like the worst roll of a time travel uh, movie ever. Yeah. Don't ride a bike past a time travel facility. And then, yeah. And then so uh, the movie ends with Hector heading out with his wife to the, the yard as the police are coming to just like sit quietly for a minute and, <laughs> and nurse's head catches breath after all this nonsense that has happened. Um, yeah, I don't know what he's going to tell the cops, I mean, he seems pretty calm about I it. I think it's much more like his life is over. I don't know. I, this, is an, this is open to interpretation for sure because on the one hand you could say he, this is all his fault. He knows it's all his fault and he's stuck with, you know, all of, all of his work was to get his life back. Basically, you know, the idea that like, who's that man with my wife? Who's that man, that imposter in my life? He's been trying to undo that situation all along, right? Get his life back. Um, and by the end, he's ruined it to such a degree that that's never going to happen. But on the other hand, there were three of him and he could say all kinds of things. <laughs> you yeah. know, he could claim a whole lot of stuff. Although if well, he gets yeah, too many details, they'll yeah. they'll start to match up with his actual physical condition. Right. And then, well, and that's that's you know he could easily construct a story where like this guy beat the shit out of me, yeah. and he he was after this girl, and I was trying to help her, and then he chased her into our house, and then like that guy's gone. I don't know, and, man. Like, like any investigation in the area is gonna find two wrecked cars. And her ruined right. bike, in his and in his DNA, his blood, every single place, his blood all over. It's gonna be yeah. weird. I don't think he's getting out of it. And and then there's Nacho up on the hill. You know who knows what he's gonna say. So right. I think he's uh, I think he's well, and he's SOL. and he's boned as well because he was actually probably uh, Nacho the technician was probably in the clear for much of it until. Hector crashed the uh, the company truck, the red truck, because then it's like, okay, mm-hmm. something was amiss here this weekend. Yeah, um, he's pretty much ruined it. So yeah. yeah, that's it. That's Time Crimes. It's a dark and sad time travel movie um, with a yeah, I think we were... three three sets, but a complete loop. So yeah, yeah, it's all happening on top of. On top of each other, right. uh, so I think I, we were on, we were guests on a on another podcast last weekend, and I think I referred to it as a dark comedy. It's not funny. No, I want. Well, um, it starts out funny. I thought you said it was funny. That's what I, I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I said it was funny, but rewatching it, it's not no, actually it's a not comedy funny. at all. Um, yeah. It starts out kind of goofy. There are moments that are sort of light, as as um, Hector kind of bumbles through this this loop trying to recreate it. There's definitely like some funny moments or like funny ish moments, but no, it's super depressing. 
<laughs> yeah, it's all screwed up. So. Uh, not, not the least of which is that, you know, this innocent bystander who was a good person who, you know, she saw an accident take place that she was not involved in and was trying to help uh, someone injured in a car crash. And, you know, the end result of that is she got, you know, sexually harassed and then, and then murdered, uh, got her neck snapped. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's bad. There are a lot of yeah, time crimes going on in that time crime. Um, yeah. So, okay, I guess let's, so let's start let's, with timelines, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's unpack this a bit. Um, so the loop is a common trope of yes. time travel movies, uh, and it is almost always handled not correctly. <laughs> um, and time crimes, for as cool and self-contained as it is, kind of exemplifies well, the mistakes that are made. I wouldn't say that it's necessarily mistaken. It's just it's dropping us in the middle of the loop, and it's never uh, we're never out of the loop. Basically, well, there's so, nothing but the loop. There's nothing but the is, loop. Well, exactly. Like it's, yes. it's Terminator. It's Terminator again. It's like, was John Connor created by time travel, or did John or did yeah. time travel create John? You know, like. But it, but at least there, it's it's still at least in Terminator, it's still an either or, or you can infer a timeline A where John Connor was somebody else. Well, you definitely and can. And then we're creating. A timeline B, and that's much harder here because of the way uh, Nacho wants wants us to view this movie. Right. Um, I still think you can you can pretty easily infer a timeline A. Um, it's re- you have to go really far as to guessing at what might be. Like we have no evidence of what it might have looked like at all and what what we're just sort of we're saying so what we're saying when we say timeline a that so the movie sets out that hector the original hector one when he arrives home and then eventually is led into the woods before he's ever time traveled before the movie sets up as though that's timeline a right but what we're talking about is the fact that the things that he sees that lures him into the woods are a result of him having time traveled. Right. Which means they can't have happened yet at some point. Right. You have to back up and say, okay, at some point, presumably, Hector was lured into the woods and time traveled back to the past and met up with his girl uh, before anything else before that had ever happened right. something else had to lure him into the woods we have really no idea okay so here let's let's break it down the timeline that we see in the movie right um it starts with or it seemingly starts with hector one from our perspective it starts with hector one as he moves through being hector two and hector three right but it also is caused by things that happen in the future the past is an anis or the the yeah, the past is an antecedent to no. The future is an antecedent to the pan to the past in this movie, which is you know paradoxish and weird. Like, how can a yeah. thing that hasn't happened be the cause of a thing that has happened? Like, that's where we're supposed to be. Like, whoa, mind blown. Uh, right. Oh, time <laughs> right? travel. So in our our timeline, um, Hector three sets up Hector two. Hector two sets up Hector one, and Hector one becomes all of them. Right, to create a closed loop. So from Hector's perspective, he goes through this loop, he moves through the same 90 minutes or so three different times, and then he comes out the other end um, with 
all this nonsense having happened over that short period of time. Yeah. In order to set up that, what we're saying when we say timeline A, we're saying that like, so the timeline that we see starts with time travel. Like Hector is pulled into the woods by himself from the future in order to right. get him time traveling. Um, and because the future can't be an antecedent to the past by, you know, the logic that we try to use as far as cause and events, or, or, or cause and effect, rather, um, we're saying that there must have been an original timeline without time travel, right? Like there's Hector going about his dumb life, basically. That's timeline A. And at some point on timeline A, and none of the things that we see in the movie, we should say, are in timeline A. Timeline A doesn't have the girl in the woods luring Hector in. He's not attacked by the bandaged man. He's not driven up the hill because there is nobody time traveling in order to make those things happen. Hector's original time travel and original timeline A was the thing that allowed all these other timelines to occur, right? Is that, are you following? Does that follow? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, like, is that clear? Um, because you're the only other person I can talk to. Everybody else is gone. <laughs> so, no, I'm, I, right? I'm, I'm following you. So, and, right, oh, yeah. Continue. That's, that's what we're saying when we say timeline A. We're yeah. inferring that there must be a starting point, the beginning of the first instance of time travel that created the loop that Hector is a part of in the movie. So the timeline we're seeing in Hector of Hector in the movie obviously is not the first because there's already Hector traveling. Well, time. and here, here's where I'll take issue and it's not because I disagree with you. It's because the movie disagrees with you. And normally that is exactly how we would break down any sort of loop or, or travel to the past. That's if you've listened to the other episodes, you'll start to notice that pattern. Um, but it's clear to me that time crimes as a movie doesn't want you to think that there's anything else and and it's not even considering uh, a timeline a because what it's trying to say is that oh well this is the result of time travel that when time travel is involved the future can be the antecedent to the past or the the past can be the antecedent to the future etc etc and that they they all exist on top of one another sure However, what we that has we some have run into this in the past. Like we we often movies will often movies like to do this right where there's one timeline and future events impact past events and they rewrite each other and that's just the timeline. Um, the way we often we try to think about it is that timelines overwrite each other. Um, if you have if you've listened to the other episodes, we've talked about this with Back to the Future and stuff. So like the when I when we're talking about timeline A. Hector goes, he travels back in time. When he goes back, he's erasing timeline A and rewriting it with his new presence in the past, yeah. right? Yeah. So, like... Um, if for no other reason, then there are, yeah, there are two of him then. Right. The movie doesn't necessarily want us to interpret that way. They never do. <laughs> but we, I think well, we still can I, I will because say they make more sense. Time so. Crimes is even more strict than other instances of loops um, because typically uh, there is a break with the loop. There is a moment where, and th- this is kind of what Time Crimes is playing with in, in an interesting way, there is usually a moment where once the loop is recognized, 
um, you can do something and it does change what happens. You're not caught in that loop. But in time crimes, everything that we see, even when it, even at the end when Hector is quote unquote taking control, it's not that he's replacing his dead wife with this dead anonymous girl. It's that the girl who he thought was his wife with a snap neck was in fact this anonymous girl all along. Right. It was always like, her. it was always that way. And so this is problematic. That's that's why right. we we kind of resist it and we're and and typically we would say that there has to have been a timeline A. Why is it problematic? Well, because <laughs> it eliminates for the idea of uh, free will. Right. For starters, um, it's one thing. It just in a standard or standard understanding of time to be like, I'm going to travel to the past. Well, the past has happened, and therefore it's written. It eliminates for free will because everything that um, you could possibly do doesn't matter because the future is also written. Yeah. It doesn't You've matter if time travel it. exists the or I- not. The ideas that people bring into time travel thinking they're going to change things are actually the things that have already happened that caused the things that they're attempting to change. Yeah. That's the trouble. It's predestination. It's we're always time travel always breaks down to, um, the conflict between either free will, the, the stories are either about free will or they're about predestination, but they're, you know, when you have a loop story like this, they usually, like you said, like sometimes they have a break where the person recognizes enough information about the loop that they can change the loop that's free will right the the loop exists because they people tend to act the way they act people tend to be the way they are you know and in and time travel kind of takes advantage of that because when you do the things that cause the other things they keep happening because that's what you're like but when you figure it out free will allows you to break it right movies like this one um and not there are there are a lot of time travel movies that are like this. Um, goes the other way, where, like you said, the future and the past have already happened. They cannot unhappen. And every time you think you're you're changing them, what you're actually doing is perpetuating them because they happened already. You had that thought already. You're not bringing anything new to the equation. Yes, and in fact, in time crimes, the reason for time travel is that time travel happened. You know, it is, it, it causes itself, uh, which is not possible in a universe where free will exists. Now I resist predestination at all times when we're talking about time travel, because, um, for one thing, I don't think it feel it really, uh, fits with our understanding of the universe, you know, like it's a fun thought experiment kind of, it's a good gotcha. Uh, for these kinds of stories, but I don't think it really works. And the other thing is, as far as storytelling is concerned, and as storytellers ourselves, I don't think that predestination makes for an especially interesting story. So um, I kind of try to, I've, I feel like our general default is to kind of think of new ways for these things to make sense um, in terms of the way we know the universe. So I'm going to go well, we ahead. Can... I'm going to go ahead and, and and try to work out. Uh, time crimes in a way that's not predestined. Yeah, I mean, well, here's here's we can use examples from time crimes to disprove the exact way that time crimes wants to portray the universe. 
Um, for me, the the easiest example is the whole forest sequence, um, the second forest sequence where Hector Two is trying to engineer this chain of events that he already saw um, from a distance as an observer. Uh, the reason being, and I pointed this out when we were talking about it, okay, um, he is trying to create a scenario that he knows has to happen because he saw it happen, but there's no there's no genesis for that idea, right? It's not like it happened and so therefore he has to recreate it. It's that uh, if if it all happened together, if it all happened at the same time, then it means that it just it plunked out of existence. So it was just written. Mm-hmm. It, it it already it, the only reason that he's taking this girl's clothes off is because that's what was written in like the tapestry of the universe. Right. The the other good example is one you pointed out where it's a funny bit in the movie where he's trying to do the the mocking binoculars and turn around and and see his past self mm-hmm. um, again because he saw himself do it. But this act of trying to do it is foolish because it doesn't matter what he does uh he's gonna end up doing the same thing no matter what right and and that's where the movie is it's it's an inherent contradiction because you have this character not sure where he's supposed to stand uh not sure what he's supposed to do but he ends up doing it exactly the same anyway and it's not even like oh i need to perform this thing so that it's so that the end result is the same it is literally the thing that happened already so he's he's performing it because he's seen it um but he saw it because again it's a loop Mm -hmm. and so the only way for that to exist is uh a free will doesn't exist and it's just written like no matter what hector thinks or or tries to do it's just gonna happen um which seems like a very uh (laughs) very difficult um take on the universe or b there was at some point like you were getting at a an initiator to this chain of events that we didn't see that exists outside of the boundaries of not only this loop but of the movie where, you know, Hector somehow went for a walk and ended up time traveling. Um, and who knows how that would have gotten us here. Uh, but it would have been a way for uh, the story to lure Hector 1 into the woods without the past being predetermined, right. the future being predetermined. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I feel like we can assume that the movie doesn't, want us to go there the movie wants the 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 mind fuck basically but i think we can right. i think we can kind of easily infer that other timeline and the reason that that is is because we've got this predestination in play here that is it's not like everything hector tries like something weird happens and prevents it it's not like he throws a rock and the rock curves instead of going straight. You know, it's not like the, right. the the laws of the universe are changing in order to force time to go the way it's supposed to go, right? What's predestined is that 
whatever ideas Hector will have or whoever Hector is as a person drives time to work out the way that it does, right? Like, he's like, oh, I'm going to go here and I'm going to go do this. And it causes him to crash the car and, like, wind up in the bandage, you know? And it's because the fundamental problem is Hector, basically. <laughs> you know, like, the, the way Hector's mind works sends him on that, that path no matter what. And even when he has what he thinks are the tools to break the loop, he doesn't recognize that the loop exists because of who he is. Already. Yeah, and what's so. interesting is is thinking back on that diagram that the technician draws for him. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you're playing along at home and you've seen the movie, you know what I'm referring to. But it, like I said, it just looks like a Z. And uh, with the, the elbows of the Z have X's on them. And the upper right X is uh, the moment at which Hector traveled to the past. And the uh, lower left elbow is the moment in which he arrives in the past. Mm -hmm. But if you, if you imagine that or you're looking at it on a screen grab, you know, the, the part that uh, doesn't fit in with what the movie is is that first line on the top mm -hmm. drawn from left to right to the first elbow because what's there nothing but hector right. but we know that hector 2 and hector 3 are already there right. so there isn't actually an elbowing in this movie at least that we see because it's um they're already on top of one another mm -hmm. and so what we're looking for is that clean line yeah from where he, he walks up to that X and yeah. and hops back. Right, exactly. And so I think that's, I don't know. Like, um, I don't feel like the movie necessarily disqualifies it the way you mentioned. Um, because, like, it's, you know, it has its goofy storiness about it that it wants some kind of goofy thing to happen. But there's nothing necessarily that's going on in the loop that suggests there could not be anything outside of the loop. It's just, like I said, it's, it's dependent on who Hector is to happen, right? I don't think that necessarily the laws of the movie's time travel disqualify. Um, yeah, but, you, but do you see what I'm saying? That there's a, there's a contradiction between he's, he's uh, at once, he's, uh, okay, imagine that you... Uh, you saw a movie, okay? You just saw a movie, and you come out and you're talking about it with your friends, and you're like, "Oh man, remember this part where where Captain America did this?" And you try and recreate the move Captain America did. Probably that wasn't even what it what Captain America moved like, mm -hmm. and it probably isn't really gonna look like it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like it, you you're you are. Uh, performing, which is like one degree removed from memory, which is another degree removed, uh, and and so that's what Hector's doing. He's like, oh, I'm tr I'm doing this, but it's not even that he's he's doing that, and he is just like nailing it close enough. It's the exact same things are happening. So it's like it's already happened, and that's what I mean. Where it's a contradiction between predestiny and and the the beats we're hitting, and the fact that at times Hector is performing from memory. It's like well, right. you wouldn't actually hit it if if it was the first time. Well, through. here's the it's thing: it's happening because that's what happened. Right. Well, no, I see. I don't. I disagree. And the reason I disagree is that like 
you're looking at it, I think, from the subjective viewpoint of what the movie shows you, but also from what Hector's viewpoint is. He, much of what he sees as happening to him, it's actually very little that he really interacts with the bandage man. That's kind of yeah. important to remember. Um, a lot of it is just inferred. Hector goes running up the hill by himself, pretty much. <laughs> and uh, he thinks he's being chased because that's what Nacho is telling him because that's what Nacho has been told to tell him. But it's right. not actually true. Um, the actual moments that Hector sees the bandage man or the girl are very short, very um, momentary. They're at a distance usually or no one's moving because she's knocked out. Um, and yes, they do happen exactly because of the way the movie is structured. But I don't think that's necessarily evidence that they can't happen another way. I think that's what we're seeing is the original, um, the original time, even though Heather or even though Hector is performing what he thinks he saw, you know, and he's just trying to get the right moments and the right beats. The original run was also a performance, right? So it's much more of it is determined. Yeah. Well, by, but exactly. That's well, but what that's, I mean. He's, he's but, times bitch, but he's like, times bitch. But, it's, but he's not because it's, it's not necessarily, he may be, but we don't necessarily know that for sure. And the reason we don't know that for sure is because it might just be Hectorness, you know, the, the idiosyncrasies of what Hector is like and the way Hector's mind works in those moments, you know, where he's like, oh, I better, I got to do the binocular thing now. I better do it four or five. I better do it. Is it right now? No, it's not right now. Is it right now? No, it's not right now. Like, that's, that's not necessarily like the time is working correctly it's that just that the way hector is is like how you know does that make sense are you following yeah, me? but then like, the, but then the hector then he's is then what he's, makes him do uh, those things and he's, he's super lucky then <laughs> no well, it's not but it's not super lucky it's it's about the way he responds to things is integral right. to this loop happening you know sure. and his responses in every moment are uniquely hector responses and yeah i guess i guess the that is certainly possible in a version where there is this theoretical timeline a yeah. where where this isn't all preordained i mean i don't um, i don't think you have to read it as preordained is all i'm saying is i think that preordained weakens the story in a lot of ways and weakens well, the I, story. Agree. I agree i think i think that's kind of where but yeah. that's kind of where the movie trips on itself well, exactly. well yeah and but i think i think you can I think you can have fun reading these stories where you're it's the trouble is that we're so a person or any of us is so locked into who we are and who we, how we see the world basically that these we are, but we can be both the cause and the reaction to uh, ourselves in these moments. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he knows though, though I do think when, when Hector clues in at the end, it's not even like, oh, okay, I got this now. No. Like w the the manner in which he clues in is he kind of gives in to time. I think He's been fighting it like he was he was ignorant and then he was fighting it and it's only at the end where he's like, "Oh, I'm just part of this." And I just like I'm just I mean, even his manner, right. he he's just so stone-faced and right. not giving any explanation to his wife. And is uh, continues to be weird with the bike girl. He's kind of 
he's like acting as an agent for time in right. that way. He hasn't even taken control. No, it's I just, don't. I don't think this is an arc about him taking control. I think it's actually, and I wanted to talk about about Hector as a character uh, because the other thing about time travel stories, especially in loop stories, is that the loop keeps happening, but the character is going through something, and the character is different for having been through the loop, right? Right. Um, yes. What I think we're supposed to take away from Hector as a character, having gone through this loop, is not that he. It's not his relationship with time travel that's really changed, or it has to some degree um, in that he, you know, I think he thinks he failed, like you said. But I think what it's more likely is that uh, the read you're supposed to get is that when he figures out that it could be the girl, uh, he is willing for it to be the girl. He's like, okay, let's go ahead and make that happen because he's, he sacrifices her pretty much right in, in that he doesn't try to not sacrifice her. He gives up the fight. And I think that's the character arc is that he's willing to let this innocent girl suffer for his mistakes to save his wife. Well, it's worth, but, but I, I, I mean, I'm going to throw a wrench in that a bit, but it's not to save his wife. It is. I mean, from his point of view, Well, it's it's to save his wife, but there are so many steps at the end there. Mm -hmm. It's like okay, he puts his wife in the he puts his wife in the shed. He could go in there with her, and they could just sit there. Right. And what would happen? At no point does is Hector like you know oh, there are times when he's like fuck this I'm out, but never at uh, key moments. It's always like at interstitial moments or when he's unconscious against his will but in moments like that he's he's never like i'm actually gonna zig where before i zagged right he he always ends up tracing his footsteps and and the reason i say he's not doing it to save his wife is because he could have done that just by going into the shed but it would have disrupted the the whole timeline and so what he's protecting against there is the unknown well yeah, okay, that's, and what and that's what Nacho told him that's that there could fair. be unforeseen consequences. So he's kind of like, eh, you yeah. have to die so that whatever bad thing, like me turning into goo or all of existence evaporating, doesn't happen. Sure, no, and that's that's a fair read too. This. I think, um, and and this is part of what I was saying before is like the the hectorness of the situation is what causes the, the situation. It also has to do with the information on which Hector is operating. And this is another big portion of time travel loop movies is that information is often wrong or incomplete. And because of that information being wrong or incomplete, that's what allows the loop to perpetuate. And I think that's at right. work here too, is that Nacho tells Hector basically his marching order for the orders for the rules of time travel at the beginning of the movie. And they might not necessarily be true. They're just the rules that Hector is fighting by because he thinks that they're true. So I think you're right that there's a, you can read it as he's fulfilling his role in what he thinks are the rules of time travel. Um, and in order to uh, stop whatever consequences of not abiding by those rules might be, but I also think it's valid for him for the assumption to be that like having gone through what he went through, you could call it that he's seeing 
he's seen that somebody dies. He assumes that somebody must die. And he's making the choice of who the person that dies is. And I think that's the way we, the movie wants to be read because it's called time crimes, <laughs> right? Like specifically, yeah. I think that's, I think that's what we're yeah, supposed but, to take away from but, this. Yeah. I mean, I just, I feel like everything we've seen in the movie for the, for the preceding 85 minutes is that everything that he encounters has already happened and even in that moment, it's it's not branching. It's just, it's like him coming to, to me anyway, it's him coming to the realization that, oh, it wasn't my wife, but in order to not fuck up time, it needs to be you because you're here. Right. It's like, I I did this, therefore I have to do this. But yeah. I, I'm Denzel Washington leaving myself a message on the refrigerator. He's also operating on that information that he thinks he has to do it, and he's not willing to to buck that rule. Whereas earlier he was and like, yes, every, because he didn't believe it. All the, yeah. All the information he has gotten has changed his mind. Sure. But I also think that his willingness to surrender is an important part of how that movie goes down. Right. I think that's the story that Nacho wants us to take away is that's the, that's the arc of that movie. To me, what, what the, change in Hector is supposed to be, you know, because if he just like ends up, well, if Hector is just like, well, oh, well, and like ends up passive in the end, I, that doesn't seem like yeah, an effective story. Well, yeah, no. And that's, again, <laughs> that's a bit of the contradiction. Mm. It's, it's an, it's an active passivity yeah. or like, a, well, exactly. That's, yeah. that's what I'm, that's kind of what I'm getting at. It's, it is an active passivity. It's a, it's a willingness to let her go down for you know myriad reasons but if somebody's gonna have to die it can be that girl (laughs) person with no name oh i I did want to point out that uh that we've been referring to her as bike girl but her t-shirt is a is a schrodinger's schrodinger's i'm stumbling over is a schrodinger's cat shirt there's an upside down blue cat and a right side up red cat um, what? I never. Sure. I didn't notice that in the movie. Yeah, That's I, just, I noticed it for the first time today. That's awesome. Good times. And on that note, I think we're. I think that's time crimes. So yeah, I don't know. Did we come to a conclusion on that? Do we think it is it a movie that can operate in in reality to us, or is it just stuck in stuck being a loop forever? I don't know. I I think it's stuck. I think the movie wants to say that it's it's stuck being a loop. Um, insofar as it wants to say something about Hector's character change, I think both those things are true. Okay. Um, uh, I think, I think, and in this part, I'll give it credit for. I, I, I also think that it's saying don't fuck with time, um, mm-hmm. which you know, far too often, uh, characters in time travel movies and stories fuck with time and they come out the other end of it kind of relatively unscathed and Hector doesn't really. Sure. It's, it's like here in the most contained, you know, in the middle of the woods uh, with no one else around, look how much can go wrong yeah. when you time tra- when you travel back in time 90 minutes. Don't right. do that. Yeah, and it's, there's a very much, I think, a an emphasis on him having the best intentions at, at points really yeah. misguided mis like just delusional best intentions he thinks or well i can't actually you know what i can't even say that i don't think it's true i don't think hector has the best intentions i think he has selfish intentions pretty much the whole time and that's kind of the point right like 
because he immediately victimizes that girl. <laughs> yeah. He could not do that. Yeah, he's not really he's not really sympathetic he's other not than a being guy. a Three Stooges character. Yeah. I mean like he's unfortunate. He's tragic in his way. But no, I yeah. don't think he's sympathetic. I think he's a bad dude and I think that's a I think that's kind of what I might have been timeline A, what timeline A might have been all about. Is Hector outside of the loop and what bad choices he might make as a person. I think maybe he made some bad ones. And I think that's why he ended up in loop purgatory for the rest of forever. I was going to point this out. And this is maybe the one uh, textual clue that the movie gives that there could have been a, a timeline A before this loop begins. Is that the first time Hector looks into binoculars, it's from his bedroom window. Mm. And... Um, he looks out over the trees and he sees the antenna or the, the tower on top of the silo, which is where the, uh, the time machine is. Right. And so you could read from that. And I'm going to right now <laughs> that, um, barring any of the other shit we see in the movie, uh, if his wife went to the store, um, he might, he might've been like, I want to see what that is. And gone for a walk up to the silo and ended up time traveling and yeah. kicked off this whole loop. I certainly don't think it's impossible. Like, you have to read. You have, it's not in the text. That's true. Absolutely. You have to read a lot into it. But if we, I think it's easy to infer that Hector could have wound up there pretty easily. Like you said, it's a pretty self-contained whole area and kicked off this loop. I don't know necessarily... I don't necessarily have to buy the idea that there's only one timeline and that future and past are all simultaneous, written, decided already. Um, I certainly don't want to believe that. It's super boring. <laughs> like, but it's fun, too. I, I, do, I do like the ringer that this movie puts Hector through, and I do think it reveals some interesting stuff about who he is, which is what's cool about it. I do like Tom Crane's. Um Generally, yeah, I think it's I think it's fun. I don't really I'm not a fan of loop movies all the time. Uh, I think the problem here's my problem with loop movies, and then we'll we'll go ahead and wrap this up. I do uh, kind of usually think they think they're a little bit they're too clever by half kind of thing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it's the frustration always stems from the characters not recognizing what to us as the audience seems obvious, mm. and just from a, a dramatic narrative standpoint, that's never really. A place you want to be in you know there, it's good to have some dramatic irony but maybe not so much where characters are just blatantly missing things that uh, they've already seen right oh. but then also the fact that you know you're you've got a set story that's just playing out regardless of the interactions of the characters or what they bring to it yeah. you know it kind of weakens the whole thing I had another point, and I can't remember what it is, so whatever. <laughs> well, if you have questions or theories or thoughts on our questions and theories... And honestly, uh, I kind of... We should probably... should tweet at us. Yes, please do. Go ahead. I'm on Twitter at HeWizard. Um, yeah, I'm at Phil Hornshaw, all one word. Um, you can't have more than one word in your Twitter. Well, account. you know, there's no, like, dots or anything. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> um, also, subscribe now that we're back. Yeah. And leave us... Uh, awesome reviews. We have a handful of them. They make us very happy. And buy our books because it keeps us alive <laughs> and my child. Yep. 
he has a dependent now. So feel doubly guilty. Oh, yeah, buy two books. <laughs> Thanks for listening. See you next time.